The reading is found in Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, beginning at verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the soil makes the young plant come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Our New Testament reading is taken from Luke chapter 6, verse 17 to 26. I'll give you a moment to find that in your Bibles, but it is Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26. Let's start reading from verse 17. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. 
Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Folks, imagine for a moment a time, uh, even say three or four months ago, uh, and let's imagine I was, I was going around trying to convince everyone uh, that a time was coming when we would all think that nurses uh, should all be paid as much as film stars, uh, and that film stars should probably be paid about uh, the same as nurses are now. And that we would all uh, agree that nurses are really hugely important um, and we really wouldn't be thinking about film stars very much at all. Now, if I had gone around even three or four months ago saying that there's a time coming when everyone is going to kind of think like that, everyone's going to think, yeah, nurses are, are, are so valuable um, and, uh, and that uh, movie stars, film stars, well, we really wouldn't be thinking about them much at all. Uh, now you might have said, well, you know, there's something in it that would be worthwhile, but no one's generally going to believe you. The world just doesn't work that way. Uh, it just doesn't operate along those lines. Um, and now suddenly we find ourselves in this situation where everything has just completely turned itself uh, on its head. And, you know, a lot, something along those lines is kind of what's going on. Everything is upside down. Things have turned around. We now value certain people, nurses, care workers, um, uh, all sorts of other uh, medical professionals uh, enormously. Uh, and there are people that we used to think were you know, super important and we aren't really thinking about them uh, at all. Now we're in this next part of um, uh, Luke's Gospel that we've been working through. Partly I wanted us to carry on going through Luke because uh, it, uh, it, it just encourages us in a sense of um, uh, normality that we, uh, we're going to keep working through Luke, but also partly because it brings us to this teaching that Jesus gives, which is, it speaks exactly into that, that sense of uh, the world being turned upside down. Um, and I think it has something to say um, for us. And um, the setting of it uh, is that Luke has just uh, chosen his 12 disciples. And the way Luke uh, sets that out, it's 
Uh, it reminds us a little of the forming of the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. So here's a kind of new beginning and Jesus setting out his new way uh, for those disciples. Now, there are a few things that it is helpful just to um, kind of make clear up front, particularly with this sermon, this teaching that Jesus gives, um, uh, is really, it's quite provocative. Um, they're these short sayings, they almost have a kind of poetic um, uh, structure to them. Um, and they're meant, to, uh, they're meant to kind of hit you in the gut, in a way. They're, they're short, uh, Jesus doesn't explain, he doesn't unpack all of them, he just kind of throws them out at you. Um, and so it's worth just uh, bearing in mind, he doesn't go into that kind of detail, he doesn't spend lots of time um, explaining them. And so where we might want to find ourselves um, asking, oh, but does he, so does he mean this or does he mean that? Does he mean this group or that group? Or often, what about that exception? Or, um, but what about this exception? That's not what Jesus is going for. Uh, he wants us to feel the force uh, of what he's saying. Um, and, uh, and I hope uh, we will do um, as we go through. Um, so let's take a look at them and we'll take the, the blessings first and then the woes. And the blessings, which uh, uh, he, uh, he describes blessed are, uh, he, he describes to the poor, uh, those who hunger now, those who weep now um, and those um, who are hated, persecuted um, uh, because of Jesus. And the, uh, the word blessed, uh, they, uh, that word covers quite a range of meanings. Um, uh, it can mean, you'll often see it translated, happy, fortunate, uh, blessed, contented, and things go well for you if you're one of these people. But the, the surprising thing is exactly who it is who is blessed. So blessed are those who are poor. Uh, blessed are those who are poor. They are uh, those who have that sense of need, uh, whether economic poor, whether um, spiritual poor, those who have a really uh, a great sense of need that causes them to cry out to God. He says, yours is the kingdom of God. So you, you have a great awareness of what you don't have at the moment, but something is coming to you. In fact, the whole kingdom uh, is coming to you. Blessed are you who hunger now, you who are hungry um, in this world, and you sense what you lack physically, materially. Um, and yet he says there is satisfaction. You will be satisfied. There is a satisfaction coming for you uh, in the future. And uh, we'll talk a little about the new creation, and it's often pictured as a, as a banquet, as a feast. So you're blessed, he says, um, if you are hungry now. You have that sense of what you don't have, um, and he says this satisfaction is coming to you one day. Those who weep now, you're blessed. Uh, those who weep now, now the, the weeping may be, uh, again, a, maybe it's a, a grief or loss, uh, it may be um, that sense of uh, injustice uh, in this world. It may be um, other kinds of suffering. You who, who suffer now, who sense that, uh, he says, you will one day laugh. Uh, laugh uh, um, is uh, it, it's rejoicing. There will come a time, uh, Revelation puts it, when every tear will be wiped away. There will be, there will be rejoicing. There will be joy. And that time is coming for you. And then blessed are those um, uh, 
who are uh, where people hate you, they exclude you, insult you, uh, reject you because of the Son of Man, because of Jesus. Um, so he, he likens them to being um, uh, like the prophets um, and that ultimately uh, there is a great reward for those um, who have uh, stood for Jesus and identified with him and put their allegiance uh, with him. And he even paints a picture of um, leaping for joy even now, even amidst that uh, persecution, even amidst that situation uh, that you find yourself in. Now, if you take these together and you look at them, all these people are blessed, says Jesus. They're, they're blessed. Uh, and it's meant to wash over you wonderfully. Those who find themselves in these situations where they just are very aware of what they lack, uh, of what is missing for us, of some absence, of some uh, sense of, of need, Jesus' words are meant to come to us. We're blessed. You're blessed if you're in that situation. The now, which uh, those who hunger now, those who weep now, the now won't last forever. There is something amazing coming. Uh, God's plan for those uh, who uh, follow him, who, who look to him, who cry out to him, is that one day there will be this extraordinary uh, giving of all of these things, of satisfaction, of joy, uh, of the kingdom. They are blessed. Alongside that comes the woes. Uh, the woes are to the rich, to the well-fed now, to those who laugh uh, now, um, and uh, to, uh, to those of whom everyone speaks well. Um, a woe is a, kind, uh, a cry of... Um, a cry of, of pity, uh, of, of sadness, of uh, often it's alas to you, woe to you. Um, that sense of if you've ever watched something happening, thinking this is horribly short-sighted, that's where Jesus is coming from. Looking at someone with pity and sadness saying this is horribly short-sighted, it won't end well. This is going to come to ruin and disaster. What is hoped for now won't last. It will crash and burn. So to the rich, and he says, woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Uh, what you have staked uh, your, um, uh, your well-being and your happiness on in the here and now, uh, you've already got all there is. Um, so it's going to run out. Uh, it's not going to last. And that's the great disaster that's coming is you think it's okay now, but it's not. To the well-fed now, similarly, well-fed now, but you will go hungry. So you've got all that you have uh, and it's not going to last forever. And to those who laugh now, again, laugh gives us that sense of um, what is your ultimate joy? If your ultimate joy is uh, in what you have around you here and now, what you are looking for in this life only, that too won't last. And eventually you'll be left without it and then weeping will come because it will be gone. And so laugh isn't that sense that you can't have humour now, but it's saying, what you're, where, where is your joy? Where is that rest? And if it's in what you have here and now, there will come a time when that is gone. 
And then lastly, if everyone speaks well of you, uh, you, have, uh, you have all the approval uh, that you're going to get. Um, and he likens that to the false prophets. And they had lots of approval. People liked them. They liked what they said. But as it turned out uh, to be false, as they weren't actually the genuine article, that approval would eventually run out. It wasn't going to last. So it's temporary. Uh, it's short-sighted. It's staking everything you have on something that isn't going to be around. So that's uh, you might sort of bring all those together. And they are all those who currently have what they need. Uh, they are content. They're satisfied. Now, Jesus doesn't go into a lot of detail about what is going to happen. Again, it's just very short. He just leaves it hanging there. These things will run out. They won't be, they won't be there for you eventually. Uh, but he just leaves it like that. And he warns them and says, this is horribly, horribly short-sighted. Now, this is as radical as it could be, even in Jesus's day. So think for a moment, the, uh, uh, the Old Testament, um, and so often, um, as with uh, uh, so often in history, wealth, material wealth, possessions are considered to be a sign of blessing. Um, and uh, I know some of the children and young people looked at the story of Solomon um, in the Old Testament and you know, it'd be hard not to look at his situation. He had great wealth, uh, fine palaces, uh, extraordinary possessions. And you would look, look at those and you say, well, that's, there's a sign of blessing and, and, and he's blessed. And it kind of, it's, it's kind of wired into uh, um, the way that uh, people in Jesus' day would have thought. And here comes Jesus and completely upends it, completely turns it upside down and says, the blessed are those with nothing. The blessed are those who are so aware of their need and crying out to God. He turns it completely upside down. And if it was radical in Jesus' day, it's no less radical now. And, and in fact, even perhaps just even as I've been talking and is it even as we've looked at these verses, it is hard, isn't it, not to... I don't know, just to think, I don't know, do I really believe that? Like I know in my head it's maybe meant to be true, but do I really believe it? Because actually we, we do the same thing, don't we? We look at uh, possessions and positions and we, we look at them and we think, well, somebody who's got those is blessed. Uh, Sarah mentioned earlier that uh, we might have looked at celebrities and their uh, fine houses and, and you know, the, the hashtag blessed is, is kind of what comes to our mind. It's hard not to equate all of those things that you might have with blessing. And perhaps just maybe these past few weeks where things have begun to turn upside down, maybe we're just getting a, a, a glimpse into what uh, Jesus is talking about, that maybe the world, uh, although we think it always works that way, actually maybe it doesn't. I wonder if that's just beginning to open up for us, maybe. What I want to do is ask two questions of us uh, that come out uh, from this, two questions. The first question is, what is the position that you are in right now? What's the position that you are in right now? Because how you hear these blessings and woes depends an awful lot on where your starting point is from. It can also depend on where you've come from. If you're somebody who has come from uh, 
being uh, perhaps very uh, poor and hungry uh, to a place of being uh, much better off. Uh, it can be affected by that. And similarly, if you come from a place that was once uh, very well off, but not so much now, it can be affected by that. It's, it's worth asking, where, what is your position right now? Where do you hear this? Firstly, those, some of us may find ourselves as those who are in need and uh, would identify with uh, the poor, the hungry. Jesus' uh, um, first followers, those whom Luke was writing to, a number of them may well have heard this and the situation of need that they were in and have thought, um, this is a real message of hope. I really need this, Jesus. I'm really, I'm, I'm, this is so helpful to me to know that actually I'm, I'm blessed even though I'm poor. I'm blessed even though I'm hungry. Um, I want to hear more from you, Jesus. Let me know. There is, um, there can be a sense uh, for those perhaps who are um, interested onlookers uh, to um, Christianity. Perhaps you've been joining us uh, over the past few weeks um, and, uh, and you're, you describe yourself as an interested onlooker. Do you have a sense of what we lack? A sense of what you don't have? is so often an opportunity to look for God. So often it's an opportunity to look for God. And I wonder how much what we're going through at the moment does that for us. But then we might be those who, who are in the position of plenty, uh, who know we have a great deal, who are perhaps much, more close, much closer to the rich, the well-fed, the hungry. And we have, Jesus would say, we have much less a chance of being aware of our spiritual neediness because of those things. That's why he says, alas, woe, there is something short-sighted in them. But you notice that Jesus is giving us a chance to listen. He's giving us a chance to listen and hear him. He can see what's coming. He's saying, don't go that way. But he's saying, look, and, and for those who, who, again, might be interested onlookers, what we have, the material wealth that we have, is so often it can be a big barrier to looking for God. Jesus might say, look, if you have everything that you need now, don't be surprised if you're not particularly interested in looking for me. You've got too much padding around you. What position are you in right now? And my second question is, what do you long for? Because Jesus is trying to stir this up in us. Uh, we may be at the moment uh, um, feeling like life is, is pretty challenging. Uh, everything that's going on, actually, uh, particularly, I've said this quite a bit now this week, um, this side of, uh, of Easter after the initial sort of push and the energy through lockdown, we may be finding that things are just really, um, you know, they're, they're hard. Um, actually life is feeling quite rubbish um, uh, we, we're dissatisfied in lots of ways and we do wish this time would be over and there is a sense of longing but what is it we long for because this is quite important there is a difference between whether we long for Jesus and him and whether we long for a return to being well-fed and content and satisfied whether we really long for Jesus and his new creation, or whether what we're really after is actually just to go back to a situation where we have what we need whenever we want it and whenever we need it. And I suspect that none of this, these blessings and woes, will make much sense unless we have 
uh, a sense of that new creation that Jesus offers, that we've been thinking about through Easter uh, and the resurrection, that new creation hope that one day that is what he offers to those who've put their trust in him. And without that, I don't think a lot of this will make sense because it won't make sense to be, uh, to be yearning, to be longing uh, for him and to know that he offers uh, kingdom and satisfaction and joy unless there is a real new creation hope, a new world that he is bringing. But that is what he offers. So what do we long for? Do we long for that? Do we know that is coming? Or are we longing just to get back to a point of contentment here and now? Who would have thought that we would think nurses uh, should be as valuable and important as film stars and we wouldn't be thinking about film stars very much? And it's kind of what it's like with, uh, with Jesus here. He says, blessed are you. You're going to have all these things. And we might, we might have thought, you know, it's a crazy idea, but suddenly it's, it's coming true. And it's almost as though what Jesus says uh, for, for, for those who long for him is, is that's what's going to happen. There'll come this time one day when they're going to value you in ways you could never imagine. When I'm going to roll out a red carpet when there's going to be my new creation, when uh, my new world begins, it'll be like I roll out a red carpet and along you come. Uh, and you never would have dreamt this was possible. But there you'll be in your finery uh, with all the, uh, the joy that goes with it. Uh, and it's going to be extraordinary. And it's coming. And if we would put our hope in the Lord Jesus and in what he brings, he offers it to you and me. Amen.